Mind Over Matters is intended for small business owners who are open to new ideas for improving their businesses. The mind or mindset is usually the single biggest factor that determines the success or otherwise of a business. It is the first thing to work on. Next comes the matters of the business. Strategy, accountability, implementation and getting a full order book. Plus all things small business besides. If you learn just one new thing that gives you pause, then I have achieved my objective. Hey everyone, it's Peter Crew Brown here for uh, another episode of Mind Over Matters, the podcast by Pair Planning. The topic for today is change your mindset, help your clients with Julia Poja, who is a member of AIRC as well as a conference interpreter in English, Russian and French, and also a communications consultant. Julia is uh, a communications problem solver. For over 30 years, she has interpreted for government bodies, international organizations, Fortune 500 companies, and NGOs, focusing on transmitting messages across languages, across language barriers and cultures. Julia also brings uh, experience to bear on businesses to make a difference in communications, helping to hone messages so that target audiences can take action on the projects being worked on. Imagine you are giving a party. You want your guests to be comfortable, to have fun, to have good food and drink, and to have a great conversation. If you see someone standing on their own without anything in their hands, you would offer them a drink, introduce them to someone they might find interesting, and make sure that they understand where the food can be found. That way that the guests can go about their business of enjoying themselves. This mindset of being the host of an event is what helps Julia in all of her businesses. So Julia, turning over to you, please share with the audience what makes you tick and who in the business community do you serve? Well, first of all, Peter, thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, I watched the last couple. No, I watched the last one and I listened to the first one and they were really interesting. So I'm very honored to be here. And it's a pleasure um, having you, Julia. So to answer your question, um, first and foremost, I'm a communicator. I've been communicating ever since I was a baby. My parents put my picture on a local diaper service ad. I didn't even know about it at the time, but I've seen the photographs of the ads. And then I started learning foreign languages in school and it fascinated me, these new ways of being able to see things that languages and cultures can open up for us. So now communication has become the heart of pretty much everything I do. And I help business people communicate. As you said, it could be across language and cultural barriers, or it could be with their customers, but in the same language. Because quite frankly, even if we do speak the same language, we all see the world through different eyes. Exactly. Okay. Um, and uh, who specifically uh, do, you, do you work with? Um, it's all different size organizations. 
Well, it depends, yes. With the interpreting, it tends to be larger organizations and businesses that are going into other countries because the smaller business doesn't always have the wherewithal to be able to market themselves to another country. Whereas with the communications consulting and the online meeting consulting, I tend to help smaller businesses. Um, somebody, say a one-person business or a three-person business that's looking to get their message out better to their own clients and who are all speaking, say, the same language. They're all speaking maybe English or French or even Russian. Um, but at the same time, they are struggling to get their message across in a way that their clients and their customers understand. Okay. So across all different size businesses, a lot of your one-on-one -on -one work would be with smaller companies. Yes. Excellent. Uh, Julia, as you know, um, I've put together a, a few questions with your input, and I'll start with the first one. Uh, I know that there are many approaches to the subject of mindset. Uh, what is your specific approach? Well, you actually took that description out of my mouth when you, when you introduced me. Um, I've always seen myself as being something of a host of whatever event or meeting that I happen to be at even if I'm only a cog in the wheel. So for example, let's say that you wanted to um, transmit your message to a foreign audience speaking one of my languages. Um, book yourself solid coaching, let me help you and we'll do this into Russian or into French or something. So what I'm going to ask you is what are your goals? for that particular meeting, because you could have many different goals for that meeting. You could just be getting to know people or you could be actually giving them specific advice for their culture. I could have helped you by telling you more about their culture. And I could also take your goals and your message and think while I'm interpreting and think, will this message actually get across to the client in a way that my client, that is you, wants it to? Yeah, so there are all a, sorts of stumbling blocks there. And it's adapting the message to the other culture. It's not just mm -hmm. the message, it's how you know it will be received. Exactly. And also what will be received. Um, I recall one sales training that I went to where um, the person was saying that negative questions are very powerful. Questions where you answer no, where, where I'm asking you a question and you answer no right? Because no is the protective word. It stops people from thinking that they're doing something new. So I could say, this isn't a bad time for you, is it? Or, you know, or something I could, ref I could phrase that in such a way that you would say, no, you know, yeah. or, you know, this must be a bad time for you. And you say no. And so I'm like, great. So I can have a minute. But for example, if you're working into a different culture where they don't mm. answer questions with no or yes, they answer with the verb. So bad time. Yeah, so it's yeah, very That would important. be the answer. Yeah. And so the no question wouldn't work at all there. Yeah. So, and you those... would, so you and I would have to work on that beforehand. And then I would have to think about how you're saying it and transmit it to them in a yeah. completely different way. And I guess, you know, because I communicate uh, primarily in you know, English Western culture, uh, I've got a certain way of communicating and if you're not aware of other cultural sensitivities, you, you risk uh, offending people. So I guess this is really important when you're going into other languages. I'm married to a Brit. And the first year that we were married, the 
incomprehension that was just our communication yeah. was amazing because we came from different cultural backgrounds yeah 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 and so you've learned these differences um you know mm -hmm. I, I guess um through most of your adult life yes whereas yeah. uh, you know given my fairly um generic uh upbringing um I've, I've not had to consider them to that same extent well it's it i mean sometimes it's nice to have somebody from the other culture on your side as well to you know and by your side to to explain because i had this one thing happen where um because of covid you know everything this year was shutting down everything sure. in person was shutting down and i run a big two-week event and the hotel manager where we run it every year wanted to talk to me and the entire time we were talking to each other i thought he was begging me to continue the event that year because they were losing out on so much money whereas you know i wanted to and and i needed to cancel whereas my my husband was able to say no no he wants you to cancel just say yes we're canceling he'll be very happy and i hadn't recognized that right away yeah, because yeah. it was two different cultures. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting example. Very mm -hmm. good. Um, just moving on to the next question. Um, as I understand it, um, and I'm clearly not an expert in mindset, but it's something I'm becoming to realize is more important in the work I do with my clients. But um, all people have a, a default mindset, uh, but they don't actually realize that everything uh, is filtered through that default mindset. Um, can this be a problem in your experience? Oh gosh, yes. This is a very, very large problem. You know how there's that funny saying, you know, oh, the world revolves around me? Yes. Well, everybody has that mindset. So you have that mindset about you and I have that mindset about me. And that means that if you're trying to serve a client, you need to get away from that mindset, but that's your default. So if you're talking to your client as if the world revolves around you instead yes. of around your client, you're not going to serve them. You're going to basically just spew out all sorts of information about how wonderful you are and what you can do. And isn't this wonderful? And aren't I great? And none of it is helping your client. Yeah, so, there's a thing that we hear a lot in marketing with them, you know, what's in it for me. And we need to be applying that question from a perspective of the client and not from uh, your own perspective of telling someone how good you are, what, what's their, um, the benefit for the client. Exactly. And you know that saying um, that to a carpenter with a hammer, every problem looks like a nail? Yes. Well, your client's problem to the client may not look like a nail. It might look like, I don't know, a washer or a bolt or even yes. something completely different, like a swimming pool. And a hammer isn't really going to help with a swimming pool, is it? No, exactly right. So how do you actually go about, um, I guess, uh, educating your your clients on on how to, you know, maybe manipulate or, or change their default mindset so they can be most effective in communications? Well, mindset is at the heart of absolutely everything I do. So our first meeting is usually going to be about mindset. I teach classes in marketing and I teach, you know, how to how to communicate with your customer in such a way that your customer will think this is a great idea. 
and the first class is always going to be about mindset. And it's usually going to be something like, um, you know, saying something that really surprises you and shocks you so that you do step out of your usual mindset. So for example, um, I could tell you, you know what, your customers, they don't like you. They don't want to use you. They need to use you because they know that they can't do it on their own, but why can't they do it on their own? And so they're really pissed off that they have to talk to you at all. Yeah. So now let's look at your marketing materials. Yeah. So suddenly you've got people's attention because you're challenging the whole status quo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so are you doing um, much of this teaching online or is it uh, mainly in face-to-face classes? No, there are no face-to-face classes nowadays, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I used to have a two-day seminar um, specifically yeah. on the marketing thing. And now it's still two days on the online, but it's it's much more practical. Whereas the you know like the in person one talked a lot about the mindset and a lot about the psychology. The one online because you can't spend so much time, it ends up being a lot more practical. Okay. So you, you, you still get the mindset. Minds- so do you still spend a lot of time on the mindset? I do, I do, yeah. but um, but the psychology ends up being not so deep and yeah. the practical steps are much more you know so for example if i had said in the two-day course you know you need to figure out who your ideal client is for example yeah. i mean just something yeah. that's normal for marketing sure. um in the practical course i'll be like okay write down your first five clients you know your last five clients that you worked with okay and then we'll move on from there you know so we'll do it in a much more practical way yeah Sounds very interesting. And um, do you have like a, a reference work you use, um, a, an expert or a guru in the in the mindset space that uh, you rely on to give you some sort of structure in the way you approach it? Actually, not really. I mean, I've always had this mindset, this whole communication mindset. It's something that I don't know, I was born with or I was brought up with. Um, my parents worked in well my mom was a newspaper editor and a politician and my dad was an english professor at university so learning how to communicate was something that was kind of baked into my upbringing and my my 6 p.m dinners at the dinner table and so on so i think that that was always there but books are starting to catch up to where i was and this is helpful because it helps me to structure what I'm saying. So I'm sure everybody's probably heard by now of Carol Dweck's book, Mindset. Yeah, I, I listened to that on Audible uh, about um, a year ago, and I must say it certainly changed my thinking. There's effectively what a default mindset and a growth mindset, as I recall it. Yeah, it's a fixed in growth, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and I've you know I've had already been working kind of in that area by, you know, talking to people and, and, and doing things, but it's really nice to read somebody else's book and figure out what it is I've been doing subconsciously. So I can then teach it, you know, to, to other people instead of just being able to use it myself. And would you say for people with an interest in the subject of mindset, that's a good reference work to get an overview? Yeah, that's a really good reference work. And since her book came out, there are all sorts of videos and things on on YouTube, for example, explaining 
what the difference is between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. So anybody yeah. can you know, put that into YouTube and find something as well and not have to do the whole book, though the book was very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly I, I learned a great deal about a subject that I wasn't quite as familiar with before reading the book. So, you know, I would recommend yeah. to to listeners. It's a it's a good starting point to understand the different default positions, if you like. Mm -hmm. um, just moving along, uh, Julia. Um, so in terms of, I guess, roadblocks, what are the, say, three biggest roadblocks um, concerning mindset that your clients encounter? Oh, well, the, the biggest one is the one we've just been talking about from Carol Dweck's book, The Fixed Versus the Growth Mindset. And just to, to give you a quick example, um, a fixed mindset would be that you think that you already have whatever innate talent you're going to have. You're not going to learn anything new. And so why bother? Right. Yeah, yeah. And when I was in school, I was like that about math. I was like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I, okay, I'm not failing, but I'm not passing really well. And my teachers, you know, nobody had been talking about mindset at the time. So, you know, they didn't know what to say. And so everything was just shut down for me, which meant that I was pretty terrible in anything that had to do with math like economics or physics. I mean, I, yeah. I couldn't even balance my checkbook for years. I mean, that's how bad I was. My sister laughs to this day. But one, you know, fast forward to now, and I understand what a growth mindset is. And okay, math and formulas are always going to be difficult for me. But two of my biggest areas that I've worked in for interpreting, where I have to understand what the experts say, are finance and yeah. nuclear physics. Okay. Quite and I'm like, woohoo, woohoo. You know, I'm really happy to do these topics because now I understand how to go about thinking about them yeah. instead of just studying them in such a way that it's, it's going to confuse me. Yeah. So you just open your mind to learning new things rather than this fixed mindset. Oh, I, I can't do numbers. So I'm never going to be able to uh, be a, a, add value in those areas. Exactly. So yeah. that's the biggest biggest, biggest roadblock. Um, if your mindset is right, I think that anything that you choose to do will also be right. Yes. Um, and then anything other than your mindset is searchable. I yeah. mean, if, you know, if my mindset says I can learn about nuclear physics, I can understand how the control rods do, you know, and all this stuff. And then, then if I just need to understand why they work, I can go look it up, you know, on, on a search engine or something and I can do this other thing and so on. So it's all searchable, but yeah. the mindset has to be there first. Yeah, sure. And um, are there any other sort of roadblocks that you wish to share? Yeah, there are a couple of others. Um, one is the one that I kind of spoke about already where the world is revolving around me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if you and I passed each other on the street and you didn't say hi or anything, and I could start thinking, gosh, how impolite he is, or how could he not remember me? Or God, did I insult him? And then, you know, you kind of start down that death spiral Yes. and, and boom, it's all done. And I'll never talk to you again. Yeah. Um, but really, maybe something had happened in your family, you know, God forbid, tfu, 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 or maybe um, you were preoccupied with something that had, you know, that you were about to do, and you just weren't looking at the people around you. None of it had to do with me at all. Sure. And, yeah. and so, you know, I would be destroying our relationship 
for a fantasy that I told myself. Yeah, and I think we do often um, make assumptions and uh, those assumptions then affect the way we think about things and people. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then the last mindset roadblock that I wanted to bring up, because you did ask for three, sure. is um, thinking that everything is a zero-sum game. You know, it's always I win, you lose, or you win, I lose. And, you know, why can't we just both win or grow the pie and win even more? You know, but if your mindset is always like destroy that other person, you know, pound them into the ground, what's going to be left for you to sell to later? Exactly. And to communicate with later. Yeah, so this is a big um, uh, feature of the work you do with people is trying to instill this idea of, um, as you say, both parties benefiting from the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. of course. And I guess I'm the problem is if you work to always win in a relationship, you have very short relationships typically, don't you? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's wonderful. Well, look, those are three um, good things to look out for. Um, What benefits uh, have you seen from clients who have adopted uh, your strategies? You know, the things we've spoken about today. Mm -hmm. Well, the the overall benefit is that my clients will achieve their goals by helping their customers to achieve their own goals. So, for example, um, one of my clients is a coach. Yes. And she has this program that lasts a certain number of weeks. And there's a proprietary journal that she's come up with. So I took a look at the journal and it has some really good activities and some questions, but there was like nowhere to write my, my feelings about the activities in, you know, like yes. there was one line and yes. I was supposed to do it three or four times. And yes. so there was no room. And there were no graphics and, you know, it was all black and white and so on. So I, I talked her into um, making a few changes and the journal's gorgeous now. And it serves, you know, both her goals, which is to get people on board the program and to have them feel good about the program. But it also gives her and the customers a basis for the customer's transformation. So just uh, some changes of the layout as opposed to the content made all the difference. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or else how you talk about things. I have clients who are always touting their tools to help the customer, but never actually talking about the customer's goal. Yeah. So I'm brilliant at this tool and that instrument and this other thing, but they're never saying, what can I help you achieve if I use these tools to help you? Yeah. And so it's refocusing on that message. Yeah. That is such a rookie area, isn't it? And I think a lot of people come into consulting initially, you know, we get so fixated on our experience and skills and we talk about that endlessly. And, you know, with great respect, most clients don't really care about your skills. They just want to know that, uh, you, you know, you're someone they can like and trust and um, that you're engaging and that you're likely to get an outcome. And Exactly. Uh, yeah. You yeah, know, I really get that. Um, so just um, moving on to the, the final question, Julia. Um, have you got any quick tips or takeaways uh, that the audience could implement immediately after the show and, you know, get some benefits? You've spoken about a bunch of things, but, you know, what are the simple things that people could adopt immediately? Well, one of the really simplest things to do is to try and put yourself in your customer's shoes. 
And let me give you um, a really easy way of doing that. So for example, you've just done your LinkedIn profile, for example. Sure. And you don't know what it looks like to other people. Open up an incognito window in your browser and go to LinkedIn and take a look at what your profile looks like to somebody who's not you. Yes. Right. And then see if it's easy to read. Does it stop where you want it to stop? Does it show what you want it to show? And while you're reading it, after each sentence or each idea or maybe each value proposition, whatever you're doing, because it doesn't have to be just LinkedIn, it could be your website or whatever, you know, think, okay, I'm the customer, so what? You know, what's in it for me? Sure. Why is the sentence here? Is it confusing me? Is it boring me? Is it sending me in a, in a direction I don't want to go in? Yeah. That's not going to help. So think about it from, from their point of view. And of course, if you could get somebody from outside your business to do that, it would be easier for them to see what's confusing. So a friend or a potential client, you know, if you've got some good relations with somebody or even somebody like me, but anybody who's not you, because you know what you're thinking when you're writing this, but I don't know what you're thinking when you're writing this. Yeah, so you it's I mean. trying to change your mindset when evaluating an important uh, written piece, for example, your LinkedIn profile and looking at it from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Actually, there is, a, there is a, something that I could tell you about that, that um, I use myself when I've written a blog post or something you know, longer, not a LinkedIn post or something, but a longer blog post, I will always use the Hemingway app. Okay. You could Google that, the yes. Hemingway app. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No, I have but, not. Uh, I'm a great admirer. Is that from Ernest Hemingway? Yeah, it's, they, it's basically that. So what you do is like you take, you copy paste all of your text yes. and you put it into the window in the app and it will highlight when you're using adverbs or passive voice, which of course Hemingway hated. And it, will t and it will tell you when any of your sentences are getting long and confusing or really long and confusing, which I have a habit of doing a lot. And um, it'll give you a word count, it'll give you a sentence count, and it'll give you a grade level reading. So, so this is the grade eight reading level, or this is a grade four. Like, so anybody in the fourth grade should be able to read your text without any problems which is brilliant because if you can say something simply, it means you really, really understand it. Yeah. And, and that helps because it puts me in somebody else's shoes who's looking at my text. Yes. And I think that's true. I shouldn't have said it this way. Let me say it a different way. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, well, I've certainly learned something uh, interesting today that Hemingway app uh, and that whole thing about simplicity um, I think I've quoted it on a previous episode. It's a, it's a thing, a quote from Einstein, I quote a lot, you know, make something as simple as possible, but no simpler. And uh, being able to convey uh, messaging and communicate uh, effectively, I believe, often gets around to, you know, simplicity and not complicating communications with big words and um, verbose statements. Exactly, exactly. I do have one last tip which I, sure. I definitely yeah, yeah. wanted to get out, if you don't mind. I'd love to. Um, and it's an example of putting yourself in the customer's shoes. Um, and it's an easy one, which is please, please, please never, ever use the integrated microphone from your computer if you're meeting with somebody online. Um, I right now I'm using a lavalier, so I'm, I'm wearing my microphone right here. Yes. And um, I have no idea what you're using. I'm sure whatever it is is good. Yes. But 
one of the one of the sad things that happens is that if you're using the integrated mic very often the sound is degraded because of the 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 whole sound chain and the entire internet and everything and it, it, it this is one of those fixed mindset things where i'm just like okay mind blown moving on but i know that i can fix it by using an external microphone now the reason i say that you should do this is because you want your audience to hear you as clearly as possible for sure. If they're hearing you with some kind of a fuzz behind or some kind of a weird ah, sound behind it, yeah. and they're struggling to hear your words, your message is not going to get through. And subliminally, they're going to get, well, first of all, they're going to get a real live headache, but subliminally, they're going to hate you because you just gave them a headache. So please, please, please do use a standalone microphone and you will be putting yourself in your client's shoes already. Excellent. And then that's really great advice. Given that a podcast is primarily intended to be um, audio, although, you know, I, I put one out in the video as well. But uh, yeah, if the sound's no good, um, you're going to lose your audience or they're not um, going to have a very uh, pleasant experience. Um, now, those are certainly wonderful tips. Thanks for sharing. Um, and just finally, um, how can uh, anyone in the audience contact you? Uh, the best way to get in touch if there's anything that, that you've said that resonates and they want to uh, have a further conversation. Oh, well, please connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm on there like three, four times a day. You're just checking to see if I have messages and, and so on um, and learning new things. I mean, there's a way, this is one of the ways that I, I met you. So, um, I think LinkedIn is a fantastic platform and then I can send you to my website if you need it or not, but we could at least have our first contact on LinkedIn. If you don't have LinkedIn, because I do know that some of my clients um, are in countries where LinkedIn is not accessible for yeah. various reasons, sure. I do have a website, which is juliapoger.com. And could you just spell your surname for us? Certainly, it's P as in Peter, Yes. O-G-E-R. Excellent. Ogre. And um, are you the only one on uh, on LinkedIn? Um, I think I may be the, one of the only pogers in the world. No, I'm sorry. I do have some family, but um, but not in my area. So I'm the only Julia Poger that I know of. Sure. So they'll find you easily. I'm sure many of the people uh, listening to this um, episode will uh, be on LinkedIn. So, yeah, I'd encourage anyone with an interest in this area to to reach out. Um, so finally, um, Julia, it just remains for me to uh, thank you for, for being on this podcast. Um, I've absolutely loved uh, your insights. Um, I've been a great supporter and uh, admirer of yours uh, for, gosh, what we've known each other well for about six months now. And uh, I, I really got a much deeper insight into what you do. So thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I've had a really nice time talking to you. And it's been great getting to know you over these last six months. Yeah. This, by the way, everybody, just in case, so he doesn't cut it off at the end. This is the man who pushed me to put my first video up on LinkedIn. So a, a better supporter I have not met. Thank, thank you so you. much for that. Uh, so just finally, this is uh, Peter Crew Brown signing off from uh, episode three of Mind Over Matters.